the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. WTWD Plant City. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You know why you should forgive those who wrong you? This isn't complicated. You don't have to have a long list. The reason you ought to forgive is because you've been forgiven. It's, it's as simple as that. You've been forgiven yourself, and you and I are the only people who can really forgive because we're the only ones who know what it means to be forgiven. And we're to forgive even when they are in sin. When did God forgive you? When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord didn't say, now, I'll wait till you get your act together, and then I'll forgive your sins. No, you came to him as a sinner, and he forgave you. We're to forgive others, whether they come to us or not. We're to just forgive because we've been forgiven. I hope you know that, that you've been forgiven. Because a person who doesn't realize and doesn't grasp that he's been forgiven will not forgive. It can be tough both to extend forgiveness and to ask for forgiveness. However, the reason why we should forgive, as we just heard, is very simple. We have been forgiven. Thus, we should forgive. This is Verse by Verse, a radio program featuring the teaching of Pastor Steve Kreloff. Today, as we learn more about forgiveness, Pastor Steve will be showing us from the Bible how crucial forgiveness is, not just in the lives of those who offended us, but in our own lives as well. So let's dive into today's verse-by-verse program with Reckless Abandon. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. If there's one thing that doesn't characterize the world, it's forgiveness. And if there's one thing that ought to characterize us is that we forgive one another. We could speak for hours on this. Forgiveness is so crucial. It's so convicting to all of us because all of us struggle with forgiving one another. The word forgiveness is not the usual Greek word that is used most of the time in the New Testament for forgiveness. It is the word that means literally acting in grace. We are to graciously forgive it. It has the same meaning, but it means as God has, has displayed grace to you in Christ, you ought to display grace towards others as well. That's the thought here. And the meaning here is that the people we forgive don't deserve our forgiveness. Notice there's nothing here that says, now wait till they come and apologize to you. Wait till they admit that they were wrong. Wait till they realize where they've erred. No, it doesn't say that. It just says forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also 
forgiven you. They may lie to us as the old man lies. They may get angry at us. They may steal from us. They may speak unwholesome words to us. But the new man just forgives and goes on forgiving. You see, our natural inclination is what? It's just what we've gone over in verse 31, is to get bitter. It's to uh, explode, carry anger around inside, shout abusive words, be malicious. But the new man forgives. He displays grace. You might be thinking, well, why should I do that? Why? What's the motivation? Motivation is just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. That is the correct translation. It, it really should not be uh, for Christ's sake, as if God, as if Christ had to plead with, with the Father to forgive. No, it's just as God in Christ has forgiven you. You know why you should forgive those who wrong you? This isn't complicated. You don't have to have a long list. The reason you ought to forgive is because you've been forgiven. It's, it's as simple as that. You've been forgiven yourself, and you and I are the only people who can really forgive because we're the only ones who know what it means to be forgiven. And we're to forgive even when they are in sin. When did God forgive you? When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord didn't say, now I'll wait till you get your act together, and then I'll forgive your sins. No, you came to him as a sinner, and he forgave you. We're to forgive others, whether they come to us or not. We're to just forgive because we've been forgiven. I hope you know that, that you've been forgiven. Because a person who doesn't realize and doesn't grasp that he's been forgiven will not forgive. There are some people who are Christians, uh, only Christians, who have, because we're the only people who have been forgiven. There are many of us who have been forgiven, and we don't really know it. Or it's never gripped our hearts. Few passages that tell us we've been forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. The forgiveness of all of our trespasses. 1 John 2.12, you don't need to turn there, but he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven. All forgiven. But there is one I'd like you to turn to, and that's Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. We're forgiven. In fact, uh, while you're turning there, I'll mention in John 13, when Jesus said, all of you are clean but one, He's saying all of you are forgiven based on the fact that I'll go to the cross. All of you are clean but one. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now, what does he mean by that? When a criminal was crucified in those days, uh, he had the record of his crimes were nailed to the top of the cross for all the world to see. Remember when Jesus was was crucified, uh, they put on the top, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And some Jews got very concerned. They said, no, say, Pilate, say that he said he was the King of the Jews. And Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. No, the crime was, as far as Pilate was concerned and the people were concerned, the crime was that he said that he was king of the Jews and that he was king of the Jews. Not just that he said it, but that he was king of the Jews. So they would have the record of their crimes nailed to the top of the cross for all the world to see what this person was guilty of. And when Jesus died, what Paul is saying in verse 14 is God pulled all the pages out of the the sin books 
And he stacked them all together and he nailed them to the cross as if they were the crimes of Jesus. And when Jesus died, he paid the penalty and God blotted them out. And that's why we're forgiven. Because the penalty has been paid. That's what he's saying. All of our sins. You notice verse 13 says he's forgiven all of our transgressions. Past, present, and future. There are some people who think that only the past has been forgiven. But the future, they've got to, t- they've got to take care of the present and the future. No. Now, you, you have to go to the Lord and confess your sins, but that's not for judicial forgiveness. There are two kinds of forgiveness. Number one is judicial forgiveness. God as the judge has forgiven you. You will never pay for any more of your sins. Never, ever. If God would have you pay for it, then he's really cheated us, and God forbid that we, that we would even have that cross our, our minds and thoughts. But there's another type of forgiveness, and that is relational forgiveness. That is, if we sin against him, the intimacy of our fellowship is broken. And like a child who sinned against his parents, he's still a child of his parent, but he must go and, and apologize to get things straightened out. But what Paul is referring to in Colossians 2 and back in Ephesians 4 is judicial forgiveness. We ought to forgive others because we've been completely forgiven by God. All of our sins, past, present, and future. When Christ died for our sins, how many had we committed? None. He had the whole ball of wax taken care of. We, we weren't alive then. You know that. You don't need me to tell you that. So God forgave us when we were sinners. And we're to forgive others. Now, let's face it, people can do some pretty rotten things to us. Our biggest problems in life, really, it seems to me, is how to respond to those who hurt us. Uh, most of the counseling that I have to do and our other elders have to do and, and uh, Christian workers have to do is that I've been hurt. I've been hurt by a spouse. I've been hurt by my children. I've been hurt by a friend. I've been hurt. Relationship. Tell me how I can exist with people who hurt me. The answer is forgive them. Forgive them. You don't have to take, you know, four-hour counseling session. Just forgive them. Show them grace as God has shown you grace. Someone says, but they don't deserve my forgiveness. You're absolutely right. If they deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. We didn't deserve God's forgiveness. That's the point. I don't know if you've ever realized it, but Christians can be very unforgiving. In fact, we could be some of the most unforgiving people. I want you to turn as we close. Don't close your minds off, but I want you to see Matthew chapter 18. This is a parable that Jesus gave. It's not an easy parable to interpret. There are some difficulties in understanding it, but I think we can get the main point. And that's uh, when you approach a parable, that's what you're trying to get the main point. You we hesitate to build the details of our theological perspective by parables because their very design is to illustrate a point, to just teach a point, to get a truth across. So be very careful about trying to pull all truths from a parable and make it uh, a doctrinal statement. Matthew chapter 18. Now, Jesus has been speaking about forgiveness And he's been speaking about if a brother sins against you, you go to that brother. Actually, it's not even if he sins against you. If he sins in public disgrace, you go to him and try to be reconciled and so forth. Well, they're talking about forgiveness and uh, church discipline and so forth. In verse 21, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Speaking about forgiveness, Peter says, Lord, how often? It's a good question. No, I said seven times because the the Jewish rabbis said they ought to forgive three times. They said you ought to forgive three times. 
And they, they take this out of some obscure verse in the book of Job that is not really teaching that, but that's what they said three times. Peter is saying to the Lord, uh, aren't you, in essence, his, his spirit must have been, Lord, aren't you really proud of me? I mean, I'm so gracious and generous. The rabbis say three times, oh, Lord, I've doubled that and added one. I think Peter was shocked by what the Lord said. Verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Now, don't miss the point. The point is not that you are to begin to count 490 times. The point is that we are to forgive without limit. Not that you are to keep an account. Jesus gave a parable. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Now, the king is God, okay? The king is is God. And when he had begun to settle them, (coughs) there was brought to him one who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, one talent is uh, 6,000 days' work. Very difficult to calculate exactly. Uh, 6,000 days' work. 10,000 talents is a lot. It's a lot of days to work. In fact, he would have to live 190 years to pay it off if he gave everything. It is an impossible sum to pay off. That, that's the point. No one could possibly do it. And there are some who even calculate that it's, that it's in the millions of dollars. If you want to say if the talent was made of gold or silver and so forth, that, that's not the point. We don't need to get bogged down with statistics. But uh, verse, 32, verse 25, but since he did not have the means to repay as no one would, His lord or the king commanded him to be sold. That's what they could do in those days, along with his wife and the children and all that he had and repayment be made. Now, even the payments of even selling the slave and his family wouldn't pay for it all, but at least it would go towards it. Now, the slave, therefore, falling down, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me or have compassion. I'll repay you everything. And the Lord of the slave felt compassion. So he was tenderhearted, kind, and he released him and he forgave him the debt. Now, the slave said, have, have patience with me and I'll repay you everything. Dumb thing to say. No way he's going to repay him. No way. He's not going to live 200 years. And that would mean everything he ever made would go towards it. There's, there's no way. It's a dumb statement. The king knew that he couldn't do it and he forgave him. Now, the king is a picture of God. We say, well, Lord, before we're saved, we say, Lord, I'll do this for you. I'll go to church. I'll reform my life. I'll do this. And God, no, no, you, you can't. You can't work your way to heaven. No, I'll, I'll just forgive you. You can't pay me. The payment's already been made. I'll pay for it at myself. See, the, the king obviously had to pay for it out of his own pocket. And that's what happened with the Lord Jesus Christ. God paid for our debt himself by sending his son. Verse 28, but that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a denarii was a day's wage for a common laborer. And a hundred denarii would probably take around three, maybe four months to repay. It, it wasn't a whole lot. I think some have calculated it may have been around twenty dollars in that day and age. But you know what he did? He seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. I mean, you just want to hit this guy for doing it. I mean, this, this is the kind of guy you want to slap in the face. He's so nasty. Here, the king has just totally forgiven him. 
And he finds somebody who owes him three months wages. And look how he treats him. Don't be too harsh on this fellow. You know why? Because he's a picture of us. Because that's exactly what we do when we don't forgive our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. So his fellow slave fell down and began to entreat him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. Same thing he just said a little while ago to the king. He was unwilling, however, but went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he owed. It's easy to dislike someone like this. Verse 31, so when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were watching, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. You know what happened? Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, wicked in your behavior. I forgave you all that debt because you entreated me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? And of course, the answer is yes, of course. To whom much is given, much is expected. If you've been forgiven of all, then you ought to forgive everyone else. Now, this is where the parable gets a little difficult to interpret. I'll try to explain as best I can. His Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. So shall my heavenly father, Jesus said, also do to you if each one of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, some have been very disturbed over this parable. They've said that that the parable is saying that salvation can be taken back. God forgave and then he took back his forgiveness. No, the parable is not really about uh, about salvation. It's about forgiveness of a brother or sister in the Lord. How do we know that? The context is, is Jesus is talking about church discipline. He's talking about the church, brethren in the Lord. Then the question Peter said to him was this. How often shall what? My brother sin against me. We're talking about people who are saved now. We're not talking about uh, salvation. We're talking about people who are already saved. And like I said, don't be, don't try to get a parable too detailed. Also, when he says that he's turned them over to the torturers, it does not say hell. It does not say hell. In fact, it couldn't be hell. Hell is future. This is talking about a torture that takes place right then and there. What is this, what is this parable really saying? The parable is saying this. God the Father has forgiven us all of our sins. The debt has been canceled. All of our sins. There are some Christians who have been forgiven and yet it's never gripped their heart. They, they do not grasp it. They, they have accepted Christ. They're saved. They don't realize all the forgiveness that they have. Because of that, they're unwilling to forgive others. Exactly what, what Paul is getting at with the new man. If you know you've been forgiven, then you'll forgive others. These people, these Christians who so many of us are like this, and we all struggle with forgiveness, those of us who have difficulty or who, who do not forgive others, we're not going to go to hell for that. We're not going to lose our salvation for that. But the torment will be our, our own prison. The torment is right now. The torment is those who don't forgive are tormented by bitterness, by ulcers, by headaches, by heart attacks. Those of us who do not forgive are our own worst enemies. The Lord's not going to take back forgiveness for us. It's just you're going to be tormented. And 
you are your own worst enemy. The point of this parable is that if you've been forgiven all, then you've got to forgive all of every other person. That's the whole point of this. See, a person who grasps that he's been forgiven will forgive. That's why it's so important to understand that that the new man knows he's forgiven and the new man forgives others. Let me close with a story that Erwin Lutzer told in a Founders Week message at Moody Bible Institute in 1981. He said this. Ten years ago, as many of you know, there was a revival that went through Western Canada primarily, but one of the sparks that caused it was what happened in a church in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. There were two brothers there who could not get along. In fact, one walked in one door of the church, and the other brother walked in the other door, and people did not necessarily know that they went through different doors, but they did. But these brothers did not get along for 13 years. They had not had much communication for the last two, none. One man wanted to be reconciled, and he went to the pastor and said, I'm prepared to be reconciled. So the pastor took both of them downstairs, took some of the deacons in the church, and they formed a circle, and they said, we're not leaving until you two are reconciled. The one brother went to the other and said, I want you to forgive me. The other brother said, well, it's about time. And the pastor and the deacon said, that's not good enough. And they just stayed there and kept praying until the Spirit of the Lord came on those two men. And the Holy Spirit took them apart piece by piece, dismantling that haughty spirit that always says, I have to be proved right. One man who was in the auditorium said that he could hear that haughty man for 20 minutes pound the downstairs wall of the church as he cried to God for forgiveness. The next night, the two brothers sang a duet, and they have been getting along ever since. But God used that to bring about a moving of the Holy Spirit. And then Erwin Lutzer said this, We always say, oh, we want revival. We need it. Let's vote on it. We'll find out we have a consensus. He says, I'm not always sure that we want it because what revival means is that those hurtful resentments must be taken care of. We must be prepared to have injustice done to us, to absorb hurts, to release others, rather than always saying, I have to have what's coming to me and I'll prove to myself and to others that I'm right. That has to go the way of the cross because Jesus taught it, as Paul did, that we're to forgive as we've been forgiven. That gives us a tremendous assignment based on God's matchless grace. Let's bow for prayer. If you're battling forgiveness, let me say to you, don't wait for a feeling. Don't wait for an emotion. Just do it. You you do it. Why? Because God said to do it. You'll probably never feel like it. Maybe you'll never feel like it. Just do it. God said it. You make a decision, your will, and you forgive. Is there somebody you, uh, you really have problems with? Just this last week, I had difficulties with someone. And the more I thought about it, the more it bothered me. And the more I thought about it, the more I found myself slipping into bitterness, a bad attitude. And finally, I just had to stop short and say, I forgive that person. I said, Lord, I confess my sin. Lack of forgiveness. I forgive. Will you forgive? Just forgive. Why? Because you've been forgiven. There's nothing more to say about that. You've been forgiven. doesn't even matter how, how wrong that other person has been. That's not the point. You've been wrong too. That's why God had to forgive us. If we weren't wrong, we wouldn't need forgiveness. Will you forgive? Will you make that decision? Will you just take the injury and say, I'm going to forgive? I'm going to display grace. They don't deserve it, but it's my privilege to just forgive. Do that. Father, Help us to be a forgiving people. How many problems would be solved in a local church if people would just forgive? 
Lord, we don't want to be bitter. We don't want to have malice towards people. We want to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. I pray you'll, you'll help each one of us to remember these words. Nothing particularly deep. Nothing particularly hard to understand. It's just simple, but oh, how difficult. Help us by your grace to be humble enough to forgive and keep on forgiving. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That was an excellent message on forgiveness. I think if we are all honest, we would have to say that we do battle with forgiveness. As Pastor Steve said, don't wait until you feel like doing it. That may never happen. Of course, the beautiful thing about forgiveness is that it takes the estranged parties and puts them on the same side. Much like what happened to us when we were forgiven by God. We were enemies of God, but became children of God. Oh, I hope you've been blessed and challenged by this series, The Walk of the New Man. I know I have. And I'm anxious to see what Pastor Steve has to teach us in our next series here on Verse by Verse. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you can join us next time. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.